And I'm Noah, and you're listening to A Bite Of, where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. One nibble. uh, One nibble at a time. Yeah. And the thing we are nibbling on today, bottoms, bottoms, bottoms. That's the title of the movie. I know, but (laughs) nibbling on bottoms, what message are we sending here? Hey, you can nibble on bottoms, it's fine. I mean, bottoms of peaches, soggy bottoms of pies. I like how you said peaches first. (laughs) (laughs) It's the first fruit that came to mind. I don't know why. It's an explicit podcast. It's okay. Nibbling on bottoms is fine. (laughs) Nibbling on bottoms. (laughs) So we're very excited to talk about this movie. It is one of the very few comedies that came out this year. There's Mm. some that are slipping in amongst the big IPs and franchises, so... I mean, we're on a roll with talking about queer content. We might as well keep this gay ball rolling and talk about another queer property. Queer people talking about queer creators creating more queer content. (laughs) Yeah, baby. I mean, one of the coolest things, I think it was during our Red, White, and Royal Blue episode, sometimes that doesn't roll off the tongue, um, is people were saying they are happy that the movie exists because they started finding queer content creators because of the movie. And, you know, hopefully this thing does the, the same thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I agree. And I think there's also something to be said about queer content not necessarily being about the coming out queer mm. journey. And so Red, White, and Royal Blue was very much an adult romance. Heartstopper is a young adult romance. And here we have Bottoms as just a straight up teen comedy. Yeah. Uh, raunchy. Violent. Yeah. They, they play <laughs> teens. <laughs> But I would say it's probably more of an adult film. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. It's rated M for mature. <laughs> and we're mature. <laughs> so before we get into everything, a few program reminders. SAG, writers, they're still on strike. So they have been meeting a few times. By the time this comes out, hopefully they have made a deal. But they're meeting with the Writers Guild. Hopefully that um, a deal is made. Because it's been a long, over 100 days, Mm. very long, long, long. So down below in the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube, down in the description, there is a link to SAG, there's a link to the strikes, everything that you want to know. So educate yourself, because we love this content, and we want them to be paid fairly. Because, dear God, (laughs) it's insane. (laughs) Secondly, you know, subscribe, throw some stars our way. If you want to leave a review, you should, but you can, (laughs) and that's very nice. We also have, we're continuing our Before the MCU run through on our Patreon feed that's exclusive to Patreon only. Um, The next one is Ang Lee's 2003 Hulk, not the Hulk or the Incredible Hulk, just Just Hulk. Hulk. Share. I was just going to say that. Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's, yeah, Derek's never seen it, and I'm scared for him (laughs) well i mean the first two were clunkers right and they came out in the 80s and 90s are you talking about the hulk no i'm talking about punisher and captain america yep so i'm thinking this came out when early 2000s i just said 2003 i don't listen to everything you say (laughs) i was thinking about what i wanted to say uh so it's it can't be as bad as those two right sure Oh, you'll find out. Okay. It's long. (laughs) It's long. It's long. (laughs) No, you know, long movies are my nemesis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you can find all that stuff. Patreon, a dollar a month. You get exclusive bonus episodes. This episode for Bottoms, a review, 
gets released in video format to Patreon only first. So if you want to see our very um, bottoms attire, we try to resemble what they were wearing. You know, polos, stripes. Yeah, we're both giving uh, I.O. at every here, mm, I feel like. This lesbian. is very, yeah, her <laughs> lesbian high school chic. Yeah. <laughs> see, you can see it first on Patreon. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. Let's jump right in. Tell us the plot of this movie. Just a little synopsis. Let me just think of something. Got it. Okay. Unpopular. Because okay. he didn't pre-write this <laughs> No, no, no. It just comes right from my <laughs> noggin. Unpopular and untalented See? besties, PJ and Josie, decide that this will be the year they rise from the bottom of the social ladder and finally get with the cheerleaders they have been crushing on. The pair let a rumor spread that they spent their summer in juvie, where they were made to fight for their lives. After a run-in with the star football player, they lie and say they are starting a self-defense club for the female students of the school, especially since their rival school has been murdering students throughout the decades-long feud. Punches are thrown, egos are bruised, and pineapple juice is sprayed. Mm. Okay, well, if you don't want to get sprayed with spoilers, it sounded better in my head. Oh, you know, avoid, effective though, effective. Yeah, avoid listening to this. But if you just want to listen to it and watch it, go right ahead. All right. Let us officially take a bite of bottoms. 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 So <laughs> I don't know why that's so much fun to sing. I, I don't know. I, I think it's the double T. The, uh, bottoms. Double O. Separated by two T's <laughs> with a B and an M. So your initial reaction to the movie, when it was done, credits rolled, Blooper reels were done. How did you feel about this movie? I felt delighted by this movie. I think it took me a few minutes to really see what was going on here. This movie is a teen movie that's sort of taking the piss out of teen movies. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's not done in the absurdist style of uh, not another teen movie. It's sort of doing it. I can't explain it. It's like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of thing. And so once I realized what they were doing, I was like buckled up, ready for the ride. (laughs) And I laughed throughout it. It had those emotional highs and lows. And I think it delivers what it sets out to do. It really does. This was a surprise hit for me. I mean, everybody that worked on this, if you've seen Shiva Baby, if you've seen Io Debris anywhere else, I mean, fantastic. So you know that you're going to be in for at least a few laughs, but this is one of those movies in a very long time where it was just constantly funny and you can really tell they committed to the roles mm. and that's what sold me. And I, I agree with at the beginning, you're like, how, what exactly is this movie going to be? Because the trailers really made it seem like it was going to be a heavy fight club movie. And when you watch it, it is fight club, but there's a few scenes with them actually doing the fight club aspect, right? Once you realize that it's like, a satire of itself. I mean, it's just pure gold, pure comedy gold. Satire was the word I was looking for, but I I couldn't get to. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But this, this cast is so it's small, but it's still an ensemble. Right. Mm -mm. And we have these two main characters, PJ and Josie, the, the chemistry that these two have, you can tell they're friends in real life Mm -hmm. and they're playing friends in this movie. So it just, the chemistry is already there. Yeah. So, I mean, 
Io and Rachel and Emma Seligman, who both wrote and directed this film, went to NYU Tisch together. Oh. So they've known each other for a really long time. Actually, Io and Rachel had a Comedy Central show. Did they really? They did, yeah. I didn't know that. So they had a show together for a while, and it's just that natural chemistry that you can't make up. Mm. You know, when people already have a connection, they're just able to play off of each other and enjoy it, and you can definitely see that with Io and uh, Rachel's performances here. A hundred percent. I really, if you've, this is um, um, Emma Seligman's sophomore film, and if you want to watch the first one, so I had Derek watch it because I, I had seen it before. It's very short. It's like 80 minutes long. Hour and 17 minutes. It feels longer because that movie is nothing like this movie. It is smart. And the the dialogue and the quippiness and the jokes are fantastic. But it is a very high tension, distressing movie. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so good. So if you kind of want to see the differences that they can play, I'm very excited to see where Emma's going to go from here, because if they can do something that's like that and then like bottoms, ah, sky's the limit. Yeah. And I think with Emma, it's interesting between those two films because you can, you could see the style between the two. A lot of these very close up face shots of the main characters when they're talking or going through things, but the, the tension that's created in Shiva baby, um, which is sort of the point of it, it's all very close encompassing. It takes place in this one room for most of the one house, for most of the movie. Um, whereas in Bottoms, you get to breathe right. a little bit. It's 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 airy. It's a little more fun. But you could still see their style there. And obviously with Rachel uh, Sennett being in both of them, um, you could see her range right. as well. She was also in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, mm. And I haven't seen the whole movie, funny enough. I, I've seen... You've only seen one body. I've seen one body, not the three <laughs> um, that are in it. But I'm, she's fantastic. The The range is amazing. Iowa Debris... The Bear, just watch that. Theater Camp, she was recently in. I like that she was in two comedies this year. She was also in Abbott Elementary. Oh, she was. She plays her sister. She plays her sister. <sighs> so Io is just like... She like snuck in. I love it. Everything. I mean, really, Emmy nominated <laughs> Io Cadebri at this and then point. future Oscar winner. Let's I mean, just come on. That. Yeah. I love, I love... And the thing about her just taking a step outside of these properties is that when she's doing all those sort of YouTube press things. She's so much fun. Right. She does the expensive taste test, best friend quiz. She's just so fun. And she's always not even trying to deliver funny. She just is funny. Right. Right. And that's something I think when you do a movie like Bottoms, where a lot of it is improvised, they can really show their comedic chops. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing that um, Io Debris improvised the entire thing was when Josie and PJ go into the car after the, the carnival. And this is before... Isabel gets in the car and they almost run into Jeff, but she has this rant about marrying this like evangelical pastor and like how her <laughs> life is going to turn out. That entire thing was all improvised. It is so that is it has to be my favorite scene in the entire movie, but it just shows like one. I don't understand how Rachel kept a straight face like she deserves an award for just <laughs> keeping a straight face while Io Devery is just delivering this insane rant, but just seeing the improvisation in this movie, so good. Yeah, so good. I think uh, Io's monologues throughout this entire film, they are some of my favorite parts. Even the scene, the first scene of the movie when they're getting ready to go to the fair, it's Rachel Sennett is just getting ready in the in the forefront of the shot, but Io is just kind of pacing back and forth (laughs) and is just like rambling about 
penises and vaginas and cheerleaders. And it's just so brilliant and so funny. I love just hearing her go. Right, right. And having a bunch of hats on her head. Yeah. It's so good. I like this movie is a good mi- <laughs> The way I can describe it is it's like Heather's meets Glee meets Fight Club. And Fight Club obviously is on the nose, but it very much is that. And the reason why I put Glee in there is because they made this high school like an um a huge exaggerated version of high school. Mm-hmm. Everything about it is just amped up. You have the football players that are never not in their uniforms, cleats and all. Oh, yeah. Even when Jeff, when you find out that Jeff is sleeping with Hazel's mom, he still has his pads on and the jockstrap. <laughs> it's just insane. But, you know, that's kind of how they are. It's like if you're on the football team and you're like a good player on the football team, you're always wearing the Letterman jacket. You're always talking about football. You're always like, I can't do the good football. It's True. Everyone it, has to know that you're on the team. It's very true, especially if you're a Jeff. <laughs> oh, a Jeff for sure, who is the, you know, hero of the school. <laughs> I, I love that the the posters in the high school, too, are just huge, true versions of what the posters are actually trying to say, right? It's like, you know, the homecoming game is coming up, so it's like Jeff shirtless, super sexualized on the thing. It's like, go Jeff, go. And it's like, okay. And then you also have like, the women on the posters being like teen girls to talk to their counselors. But it's like, you know, it's always good when a girl smiles and it's just, it's so funny, but it's just a huge satire of itself. Right. Exactly. It's saying like, this is high heightened high school. Right. Right. We, we praise the boys on the team and the girls are supposed to be cheerleaders and smile. And so at the end of it all, what does it mean when you are an unpopular, untalented lesbian. Gay person. Right, (laughs) right. And so that's a funny thing that this movie does is that, you know, being a gay kid in high school for the longest time meant that, you know, you were going to be bullied. But what this does, it says, well, no, you could be gay in high school, but you just have to be talented or popular. Or do something. Right. Right. Whereas if you are PJ and Josie, who are not popular and not talented, well, then you are the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bottom bottom. I like that they showed during the opening carnival scene where they're talking about that. And it's like, it's not because they're gay or queer. It's just because they're just losers or right. ugly. And like, they show another gay person to show that like, everybody loves that gay person. Yeah. <laughs> it's something like the jock is like, oh my gosh, you were so amazing as the lead in the school show. And he was like, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> so good. I love. I really like this movie because it's a movie we've seen before. You know, you you mentioned not another teen movie. There's a ton of teen movies, and then teen movies that make fun of teen movies. Mm-hmm. But the thing I liked about this is that we've seen it before. It's just queer this time, mm-hmm. and I think that's really important because I believe um, uh, the director Emma Segelman Segelman. God, I knew I was going to say Segelman. <laughs> but she she did an interview where she was talking about how she wanted to make different types of movies with queer people that you don't normally see them in, mm-hmm. and especially at the forefront. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see if she does more movies like this, but just in different genres. Like, give me like a straight up huge horror movie with queer people. Give me like a period piece with queer people. Just go. The sky's the limit. I want more of that stuff. And I also like that this movie does a thing where the queerness is a matter of fact, not the reason for the movie. Right. right. It's like, yeah, they are queer, but they're just doing what the typical jock does in these teen movies where 
They're trying to become the football star because they want to sleep with the cheerleader. Mm -hmm. Now it's just the the queer girls trying to get with the cheerleaders. It's so good. Yeah. And if you look, I mean, to bring Shiva Baby back into the conversation, the main character in that movie is also queer. So I and I and I believe I read an article that Emma themselves uses she they pronouns. Mm. So they themselves are queer, I believe. And. It's just that idea of a queer creator creating queer characters that are existing in worlds as themselves, not about their queerness. Which is refreshing. Absolutely. Because for so long, the only queer story that's been told is the coming out story. Uh. And even in looking at our two other properties that we recently talked about, Heartstopper, there's a coming out story in that. And even in Red, White, and Royal Blue, it's a big thing of them, you know, coming out to their parents and coming out to their nations, I guess, in the world. (laughs) Whereas in this, it's like they are lesbians. We immediately know they're lesbians. They're talking about how they're gay and how they want to get with these cheerleaders. And it's like, that's just who they are. Because what's the difference between, like you said, if a movie started with guys being like, yeah, I'm going to get with this cheerleader, than this. There shouldn't be a difference. No, no. And I like that this movie also does, it puts the male characters and these football players in the emotional roles that they typically put women characters in or female characters, um, the hyper emotional, the over exaggerated, the dramatic, you know, just ridiculous because they typically do do that, especially mm-hmm. in these team movies. And it was so refreshing to see these football players act like complete idiots just to show that, yeah, this is dumb. Like, why do you, why do you put these people in these weird stereotypes it just see how stupid it looks. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really wanted to like, I feel like someone can do a thesis on teen movies mm. and looking at like how many teen movies have the big game or homecoming coming up or prom and, you know, the jock that everyone looks up to, the popular girl that everyone looks up to. I feel like it's taking all of those tropes and really turning them on their head here. And I think the the jocks are a perfect example of that. And Jeff is like, somewhat whimsical at times like even when we first see him he's like posing with his head tilted back and his leg kicked up it's just it's so good it's <laughs> i i don't know i i want to watch it again and just count how many hip thrusts he does in this movie because it's ridiculous <laughs> i also love that during the pep rally that the announcer is like get horny it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean come on that's that's the, it's all about As horrible as it is, it's like, you know, people are saying it's like, you know, gay people are sexualizing kids. Meanwhile, it's like, you know. Well, that's the tale as old as time. Right. No, they're not. They're not. You've constantly sexualized kids forever. Right. It's ridiculous. And so that, again, is just sort of pointing that out in this little wink, wink, nudge, nudge situation. Um, We also have to point out that Jeff is played by Nick Galitzine, who red, white, and royal blue, bring it up again. He was the Prince Henry. Prince Henry. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ties. There's a lot of ties. I just, I do like that we've gotten multiple content from, from, uh, Oh, my God. From Prince Henry and from <laughs> Iowa Debris. Yeah. It's just we got multiple things back to back. And I like that Pride Month is just continuing to extend. Mm-hmm. So, like, please, every month, can we just have a queer movie? Pride all year. Pride all year. Hello. <laughs> but back to your point, I, I thought of something when you were talking about how, you know, we got coming out stories with Heartstopper and Red, Right and World Blue. But the difference, I feel like, between those from the ones that we've normally gotten is that. There is some bullying going on, but it's not the point of the story. The point of the story is these two people finding each other 
And I feel like that's different than the typical coming out properties that we've gotten where it's like the climax of the thing is them getting bullied. Mm. And then what happens after that? It's like, Oh, okay. They're going to come to terms with themselves or whatever, or they get kicked out or, you know, there's just so many times where we see that, but these stories are showing that as yes, it does happen. It's a reality. It's a reality, but that's not the point of it. Mm. The point is the love and them finding themselves and accepting themselves. I just, and that's, I feel like this is what this movie shows the inverse of that, where it's not a coming out story, but it's showing that this is what it looks like when there's queer people just doing what they do. And also <laughs> the the sort of bullying that happens in this movie isn't because they're queer. Exactly. It's because they're losers. Right. You know, it's like because and they're not popular. Right. Yeah. Untalented. They're not popular. Right. And so it's just a geek versus popular storyline rather than a gay person being bullied by a straight person. <laughs> I love the reason why they start the fight club in this one, because they run over Jeff where they just tap his leg, the most dramatic scene in the entire movie. And when the principal calls them in potentially to expel them, the conversation that happens in that room is, is a lot because, you know, you, there's a lot of, um, jokes that are done with typical like high school things, right? It's like blowing up the school, buying a gun. Oh, I was in juvie. And then PJ uses that stuff and is like, oh no, we're we're starting a self-defense class mm-hmm. to do this. Even though Josie did not want to do that. PJ right. is just going to run with that. And you have that typical teenage trope of starting a lie. Then you know that this lie is going to come out at some point. Although I didn't feel like the lie was going to be as big as it was. Like when people found out that they didn't actually go to juvie, it was such a ridiculous lie. Like, why does that matter that they didn't go to juvie, I guess, and beat up people? <laughs> it's like it never been kissed when they find out that she really wasn't a teenager. It's Everyone's ridiculous. very upset. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> why are you really mad? Like, <laughs> Because that is the beat of the teen movie. It just has to be that way. Yeah. There has to be a lie. And then everybody has to find out about it and be upset. <sighs> the... Uh, Scenes with them doing the fight club, actually learning how to fight, learning how to fight, just beating each other up is so good. I didn't expect it to be as bloody as it was. I mean, I guess if you get punched in the face, you're going to bleed. I have luckily, you know, never been punched in the face. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm gentle. We also went to a Catholic school. I feel like a lot of fights weren't happening. Yeah, they had like a no tolerance policy there. All schools should. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. My private school. Um, but God says um, no. I was I was waiting during sort of that larger montage of them fighting. I'm like, oh, they're going to start really like learning how to fight. And then I took a step back. I'm like, well, no, Derek, because they're teenagers and none of them are actually trained in anything. And the two that set up the club don't actually know how to fight. No. So, <laughs> so yeah, of course, they're just going to be punching each other in the face and pushing each other on the floor. I'm like, yeah, yeah that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the I feel like the strength of this movie on top of doing that typical like this is a satire. This is a look at teen movies and the ridiculousness of them. I love that the climax of this movie wasn't them getting the girl. It was the violence. It was a fight to the death. Literally. Yeah. It was so good. Also did not expect them to go as far as they did. Every time in this movie where I was like, oh, they're going to go far. They went further Mm -hmm. than I thought they would go. Yes. Insane. It was, it was absolutely insane. I mean, this fight 
as I mentioned in the synopsis, throughout the whole movie, you're being told that the rival town team literally murders their students whenever this game comes up. Someone was drowned, someone was pulled apart by horses, and so- they call that quartering. Quartering, I didn't know that. Thank you for teaching me that, Bottoms. Punky, Punky Johnson told Oh my us. God, that whole scene of Punky Johnson, which came out of nowhere, was hilarious. Yeah. I wish there was more. Uh, but, so they figure out the plot to kill Jeff, and there is an all-out brawl. There is even a sword- on the field. Again, that absurdity of just taking it to the next level. I was like, yes, this character, this side character, yeah, has a sword and that's fine. It's not. No, 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 no. Back up. <laughs> it's not that they have a sword. They have a real sword. And there's also just a sword on the field well, as it was, well. It was the mascots. <laughs> it was the sure. Vikings mascot sword and it was a real sword. <laughs> Authenticity I mean, counts. The absurd absurdness absurdity? Absurdity. Absurdity of the movie? Okay. That's how you say, use that word. English sucks. Um <laughs> We're trying our best here. There's so many scenes where it's just super absurd. If you could pick one scene in this movie that you found the most absurd or the funniest, because I feel like they go hand in hand with this movie, which one would it be? So not necessarily funniest, but oh. the most absurd thing to me was the fundraiser that they did. <laughs> because I still cannot piece together what they were actually doing. It was some sort of mix of selling their used underwear slash taking pictures in front of cars and bikinis. Yeah. How's that hard to understand? You know what it is for me? There's just two, like... Choose one. Either <laughs> no. pictures in front of the car or selling your underwear. No. How do you get these disgusting old men to buy and give money? You do underwear and you be in underwear in front of cars. That's exactly how you do that. Stella, I, Stella Rebecca sold it. Oh, Stella Rebecca. Absolutely. Was the standout of, of the fundraiser. But I think, you know, offer a baked good as well. <laughs> Why not? No, they know how to make bombs. They don't know how to make baked goods. <laughs> well, uh, if I were if I were there, I'd be like, you want cookies? <laughs> Some choco chips? My favorite absurd scene in this movie has to be the pep rally when, mm. what's his name? Tim, I believe, is that football player? Yeah. He, you know, goes to Hazel after they have the falling out and he's like, oh, I'm going to set it up to where you fight PJ in front of everybody. Turns out. If you're paying attention in the background at the beginning of this movie, when they're in the classroom, there was a random person in a cage with no explanation whatsoever. But he comes out for this pep rally and it turns out Tim set it up to where Hazel and this roided out insane wrestler is going to fight them. It throws her around, kicks her in the face. That face kick at the end. Brutal. I love the part where they're like, is she winning or is she just <laughs> doing stuff? I thought she was going to win. There was a point where she was like crawling all over him. I'm like, oh, Hazel's going to do it. They were like, no, don't do not do anything to the face. <laughs> it's so good. Hazel is probably the standout character for me because she was so interesting. I did feel like they kind of left her story floating around. Mm. Again, I don't expect huge you know, follow throughs with all the stories in a comedy like this, but I really liked her. I liked her bomb making skills. I liked that. She could only set it to 15 seconds. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. Apparently that's all you need. Is 15 <laughs> seconds. 
Hazel, though, was so interesting because Hazel was the one that was actually doing all of the planning. Yeah. And it was like PJ and Josie were just overhearing her and then being like, <laughs> she should be like, she'd be like, we should make a fight club. And they'd be like, we should make a fight club. <laughs> like Hazel is the one that's actually running the entire operation. Well, that's part of the fallout, right? Is that she's like, I've planned like all of this stuff and you guys just said you did it. It's right. Come on. And also you lied. So Hazel deserves the credit. Deserves the credit. Can we um, real quick talk about the um, car blowing up scene? Yeah. Because they blew up a car. But also egging a house and TPing a house is obviously very hard. It's very hard. I've never done it before. I have. Hard. I don't think I can get, I think it's the toilet paper, right? You have to know how to throw the toilet paper. I mean, but it's, you, you can't control it. Like when you throw it, it's like, hopefully it like unravels as right. it's throwing. I feel like you have to have like one ply or something, something that's not as heavy. Is it like a flick of the wrist sort of thing? Just throw it and hope for the best. All right. But if it rains, the worst. Oh, soggy paper. Yeah, because it just sticks everywhere and you can't pick it up because it just keeps tearing apart. I mean, good for the sewer system, not good for... True. It breaks down. TPing. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about sewer health. <laughs> but I just love that they didn't expect it because she was like, I'll make a bomb and we'll blow up his car. Again, Hazel is taking the initiative. Okay. Hazel is the one that is making things happen. <laughs> you want to get back at Jeff egging and TPing his house? No, no, no. Blow his car up. <laughs> so He's right. Good. So He's good. right. I really, I, I think this movie does a good job of hitting all the jokes where they need to go getting these actors that can improvise within each other. If, oh my God, Marshawn Lynch. Oh, hilarious. So if you've ever seen Murderville, if you've seen the great American baking show, he's in both of them. So funny. I believe. Um, so they, there's a bunch of interviews that were filmed before the strikes. Um, and they all said they were asked, who's the funniest, who is the best at improvising. They all said Marshawn Lynch. And they were like, we could have done a 10 minute blooper reel of just him talking to these people because the scene where they're like when they're talking to him about like the fight club and everything they did so many takes to see which one was the funniest and we see some of that in the blooper reel at the end but they were like there's so many of him and it's unassuming you wouldn't expect no, it not at all and i just love this backstory he's created for this character where he and his wife are getting divorced and they started remodeling their house yeah. and they wanted a mint green backsplash then it was like lime green and just all the stresses that he's bringing to work he's like and he doesn't need this nonsense no. that they're putting him through i just thought that like it was like hilarious as far as character development he's like no he's going through a rough time and he doesn't need this bs from these students and his constant struggle with understanding feminism yes yeah. is tied to these two teenagers girls <laughs> and also how the teacher actually never taught anything no. <laughs> he would just sit at his desk and let them like role play it was like who who started feminism yeah <laughs> Gloria Goldstein. or what was it not her somebody else Some, yeah. it was like okay that's and then he sat down yeah done <laughs> yeah just like that clueless one-dimensional teacher that exists in a teen movie i also thought that um havana rose lou was really great in isabel this. isabel um she had a scene that made me just die laughing where she finds out that jeff has cheated on her and she just like opens her mouth and is just staring into the abyss just like making this one noise and they hold it for so long that it like becomes awkward but then gets funny again it was hilarious and then kind of sad because yeah. she's like kind of laughing and then she's like realizing the terror and then just completely breaks down <laughs> iowa debris reaction to her in that scene hilarious because it doesn't matter that she's like super in love with this girl she's just like 
Yeah. What the fuck? It's become unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Something is happening. Not prepared for this. No, not at all. I also like uh, Kaya Gerber in this, who plays Isabel's number one, Brittany. Uh. So Kaya Gerber is Cindy Crawford's daughter. Um, oh. And if you think about it, you're like, oh, yes, they have, they look exactly the same. Makes sense. But there is a point, it's again that stereotype of the number two popular girl. Mean girls. Where it's just like, they're like, and what do you think? She's like, oh, I just agree with whatever she says because I have absolutely no intelligence on my own. <laughs> She's like, I go where she goes. Exactly. I was like, that's so funny because that is such a character, right? There's the number one popular girl and then just a bunch of other girls that just follow her and do whatever she says. I also like the, um, before we wrap this up, I, I like the, um, with her and PJ. And I like when PJ finally makes a move with her. And it's not like she doesn't hate her because she made a move on her, right? And that's how you properly, like if somebody's queer and they like make a move on you, it's I mean, if you don't say like, you know, it's like showing the proper way to deal with something like that. She's like, oh, I, I'm I'm straight. OK, that's great. It's like where Heartstopper gave us the how to be a parent of a queer right. kid playbook. <laughs> this is giving how to go to school with queer kids. Playbook. <laughs> and it's just like you say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not queer, but you're still cool. Yeah. You know, it's, that's it. What if it was, you know, if you're straight. And it's someone of the opposite sex that kisses you that you don't like. Right. You know, obviously. Handle it the same way. Unwanted advances are never good. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, like, you'd be like, oh, no, thanks. I don't really like you. Yeah. And she also apologized. She said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, like, I'm sorry to have made you think that it was something else. Mm. Great. You know, she says that she doesn't have a mind of her own. You did the right thing. (laughs) You did the right thing. So before we go, is there anything else you wanted to add with this movie? Because we still have to rate it. Oh, we still have to rate it. Um, No, I just thought it was a lot of fun. It hit that 90-minute mark, which I love. I think it set out to deliver something very specific, and it did it well. Mm. And, you know, I'm just here for the Io Adebari show. Yeah. As it continues. Fantastic. Uh, Highly recommend this movie. I I feel like this is going to be one of those that is going to have a long life. Mm. I do wish it was released and a wider, wider release. Yeah. Um, but with it on video on demand now, it's only 14 bucks to buy the movie. Hopefully that puts more eyes on it. This is like, I think it's going to have cult classic status. Mm. I think it could definitely get there. Like Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. A hundred percent. That's one of our favorite movies. Mm. It's a little problematic. It's so now, problematic. But knowing that going in, oh, good time. It's just the performances. Swanny, the- my baby. The Minnesota acts. Oh, yeah. This is exactly how I pictured it. Choking on swan gas. So good. A mayor I can. A mayor I can. I just come up with these things. A-L-A-S-K-A. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay. So what do you rate this movie? How many bottoms do you give it? I give it three and a half peaches. Mm, four. Uh, Solid four. 3.75 peaches. Four. I'm just doing an average between the two of us. (laughs) So let us know what you think, because we really want to know where you put this in like the comedy sphere as of late, because we got theater camp, also a great movie that wasn't as widely released as some of the other ones, which is streaming on Hulu now. Yes. Go watch that movie. It's so funny. It's also in that fantastic. Not in it enough. I agree. Fantastic. I agree. Um, Also, No Hard Feelings came out. Very, very good. Just the Jennifer Lawrence beach scene. If you know the scene I'm talking about, you know the scene I'm talking about. Didn't expect it. 
one of the funniest moments I've seen in a movie in a long time. But I want to know where this rates for people. We need more comedies. We need more crazy comedies that just go the extra mile. I just feel like content in general, I want, I need the, I need to breathe. Right. Do you know what? Everything is so serious and right. so hard. I'm like, let's have some levity here. Yeah. I feel like the market is very saturated with like big events, which is fine. I feel like movies should be an event and everything, but we should make spaces for movies like this. And I'm glad that they're sneaking in a little bit because it's been a while since we had like good comedies. Mm-hmm. Oh, on that note, till next time. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Bite Of. Artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Bite Of Pod and on Facebook at A Bite Of. If you have any questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can contact us on abiteofpod.com. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to spread the word. See you next time on A Bite Of. Bye. (laughs) 